This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. Happy New Year to everyone listening to this. We appreciate everyone that supported this platform in 2022. The audience is growing and we'll continue to trust that the Lord of the Harvest will take his voice through this platform to all the lost sheep around the world. And not just to the lost sheep, but to any of his current sheep that are perhaps confused and not sure what's really going on, that are seeking answers to some of life's challenging problems, that are seeking more understanding of the scriptures, that are seeking more understanding of what's going on in the world, how to achieve destiny, and everything that pertains to life and godliness. I I took the first week to do some reflection on 2022 and what we should expect come 2023. I didn't just want to jump onto the mic without doing some real, real seeking from the feet of the Father. You know, many times I feel like the Lord gives me something to say, and sometimes I don't even communicate what I've received because I always try to put myself through the lecture that he wants to pass on the cross before I can pass it along, before I feel worthy to pass on that lecture. I always try to first put myself through it, especially the practicals. And even after so many episodes, I always get nervous before I get on the mic. You know, there's always those, um, as I call them, butterflies. Yeah, something like that. So if anyone is listening to this for the first time and, and, and is asking, you know, who is this guy? You know, for now, uh, until I communicate otherwise, um, I'm just a mouth. I'm just a mouthpiece for God's word. You know, God's word speaks. God's word is very. Uh, it speaks through creation. It speaks through everyday life. So I'm just a mouthpiece for God's word. You know, I've I've fallen in love with the word of God, and I think that's why the Lord has really, um, you know, assigned me this duty and task because he took my passions and desires and insight for knowledge. Um, and he somehow turned it from seeking knowledge and understanding and a desire to learn through so many teachers out there in the world in different domains. And he has captured my heart with his word, the living word of God in the Bible. That's what I'm talking about. So I've fallen in love with the word of God. It has become my everything and my assignment for now is to present, uh, you know, unique biblical insights, things that we have perhaps missed. But I really feel that I, having grown up in a church, where most of the time, and a lot of churches today, where, and a lot of Christians, is how do you apply 
Christianity to your everyday walk. You know, if this is really our manual, our instruction for living on this earth, if this is if this gives if this is the book that explains our reason of being here, our existence, how we got here, our time on this earth, and our departure from this earth, and what happens in eternity, I have personally resolved to at least try to force or cause every reasoning, every thought that comes across my mind, every action, every intent through the lens of the word of God. So basically every day I ask my, 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 my Abba father and my savior, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy spirit, you know, the three persons of the Godhead, this, this same question is everything that I'm encountering in life right now, problems, uh, moments of joy, moments of sadness, moments of sorrow, moments of peace, moments of laughter, uh, intents of fun, intents of adventure. Everything that I really try to ask them is, how can I approach this from the lens of the Bible, through the lens of the Bible? How can I look at this? How can my insight into this issue, into this situation, good or bad, how can my insight be filtered through the lens of the word of God? And I think it's because of, you know, some of my backgrounds in engineering, science, physics, technology, software, and business that that, that sometimes analytical uh, thinking, analytical, uh, logical type of thinking and reasoning has really helped me to, to discover uh, mysteries or try to apply the Bible as a textbook on life. You know, back when we were in, you know, engineering school and as you, you know, even doctors and, and, and lawyers, you know, even when they're out in the field, they solve problems through, you know, books, you know, they, they go back and, and look at, you know, how do you conduct you know, a surgery like this, and they follow those principles. Um, you have uh, instructors' flight manual. Pilots have to have to use that. I think it's called the uh, something instructors' manual. So basically, if you're gonna fly a plane, this is this is how. You're going to fly through the lens of the manual and experienced pilots will tell you that if it's not in the manual, it doesn't hold up as truth. Right. So even all the you know, emergencies and everything, you know, that there's been some emergencies documented that everything is kind of captured in these books. So. I've been on the other side of looking at the world through the lens of man. You know, as I said, background engineering, science, physics, technology, software, business. So I've read books upon books upon books in all of these fields. And not just reading, you know, I've worked in 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 in, in these industries as well. And 
at a certain point, uh, which was a key turning point for me in my life, which is 2020, I actually started at the tail end of 2019, around October. Um, but that's a story for another day. But basically, I always just said 2020, you know, the beginning of, of that year was, was like a turnaround for me where I had, as I normally do, I had on my list about 50 books ready to read. And I don't know why, for the first time, I said, you know what? I I put all those books on hold. Some of them, I, I was ready to, you know, purchase them. Some others, I'd, I'd ready to put them on my reading list in, you know, at the local library, library here. And I just kind of canceled everything because I, at a certain point after you know, sometimes you deal with life, you know, some something happens in your life that really causes you to look through life, you know, to look at life through a different lens. So for me, that was in 2019. So in 2020, it was supposed to be back to business as usual, you know, go, you know, I had a lot of books on, you know, philosophy, science, climate, uh, psychology, all just kind of like the top 100 reads and all of that, as a lot of people normally do, right? So I put all these books down momentarily, and at least that is what I thought in 2020. And I said, you know what? Once I finish reading the Bible, I'll come back to my reading list. And boy, I tell you what, it has turned into a three-year research project, went from a research project to life-altering project. It went to um, so many things, right? So it, it, it is turned into uh, my mind being enlightened to a level that I had never expected to seeing things that I'd never seen from, from a spiritual standpoint, right? You know, having grown up in a Christian family, you know, I, you know, I grew up believing, you know, in the God of the Bible, the true living God of heaven. And, but I, I really wanted to see what I truly believed. And, and, and so I, I needed to deal with that side of things, you know, the spiritual aspect of life. But as I say, with, with an engineering, science, physics, technology, software, business background, it's very hard if you've spent years, first of all, in academia and then other years outside of academia in these fields to kind of put that all to the side because it becomes part of how you look at life. So then I was at crossroads. I was like, okay, Lord, I've settled my spirituality, which is, yes, I fully in my heart of hearts believe that you know, the God of the Bible, God, God of heaven and earth created the earth and the heavens. As it says in Genesis, I believe in eternity. I believe that there is life after we depart from this planet. But I said, what, you know, what am I going to do with what I've learned in engineering, science, physics, technology, software, business, you know, the things that surround our lives. You know, if you're a lawyer, you're probably, you know, lawyer, doctor. You know, the things that you went to school for, I said, 
what happens to all these years with, with these years of waste? How can I consolidate faith, spirituality, and everyday living? So I said, if this is the book that, as the scripture says, that God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, show me how to approach you know, engineering, science, physics, technology, software, business, whatever your field is, through the lens of the word of God. How, how can I approach life? How can I take things that have been taught by some of the people, you know, in these fields? And, um, you know, it will be a little bit ignorant to ignore things like, you know, engineering and science and technology and whatever, because we use these things every day, right? Um, I'm recording this podcast through some kind of technology and software. You know, there's a science behind it. Uh, the universe, you know, principles like gravity, you know, they apply to us. So that's that's the journey that I, I, I said, okay, Lord, I, I want you to open up the seals of the scriptures of this Bible because uh, as I continued, as I kept on reading it, I, uh, uh, having read all these other books, so many books, so, so many books, I, I started to see that uh, at the end of the day, the fundamental principles that I, I was seeing in all these books were, were, were almost secondary and tertiary. And the fundamental principles all seemed to stem out of the Bible, reasoning thought, life, and all of these things. So it became very intriguing for me. And when I was able to start learning, which is still a learning journey, as I said, it's, it's been a three-year journey of trying to understand and looking at life, everything that pertains to life and godliness through the Bible, through principles of the Bible. So for me, I approach the Bible as a textbook, you know, not just from a spiritual standpoint, but also for, you know, things like prophecy, and but also, how, you know, yes, how can I predict um, what's going to happen in 2023, what's going to happen in 2050? So I consolidate the, the, the father of all knowledge, of all knowing, of all reasoning, of all life, of all principles with what I see happening in the world, in the universe, and I am able to base on the fundamental principles of all reasoning, science, technology, software, whatever you want to call it, to consolidate actually the fruit, what I see out in the world, you know. So it's for me, it's been a progression. And that's that's kind of my angle. And, and, and I enjoy doing it because I I try to apply it to everyday living, right? The thing about knowledge. And, and reasoning and, and all these things are is even when you, let's say, look at the the subject of law, the field of, of law, you know, law school or medicine or everything, agriculture, music, whatever it is, rocket science, everything always comes down to the fundamental principles. If you are able to figure out the fundamental principles, it means you can understand, you can, you can, you can extrapolate from the fundamentals and 
just go on adventure, go on an adventure of discovery or problem solving, uh, a problem solving discovery. Just like when you look at spirituality, when you look at the fundamentals of, of faith and, and, and the faith of the Bible, you know, once you understand the fundamentals, um, everything becomes possible. You know, it opens up your imagination. If you understand the fundamentals of physics, you can, you're able to do whatever the realm of physics has embedded in it. You know, once you understand the fundamentals of business, you're able to build, you know, you can build a billion dollar business. So, but sometimes understanding the fundamentals requires us to change our nature to change how we think, how we reason. And sometimes it's hard, you know, um, which even happened to me when I first started reading the Bible and approaching it just for spiritual purposes only. I realized that a lot of the things that I had been taught about the faith and, and a lot of the things, the fundamentals hadn't been clearly explained to me. And... I was running into a lot of problems. There's a lot of things that hadn't been explained. I think perhaps the teachers at that time thought that it was not important or, uh, but there's a lot of things that were not revealed. And so a lot of people grow up and they believe in a God, but they don't really understand him. They don't really know him. And that's the same thing with when you look at the subjects of physics and science and medicine and technology, uh, music and everything, it's all about the fundamentals. Sports is about the fundamentals. You always hear of, of um, the best athletes always don't go back to their, you know, the pro athletes don't point towards their current coaches or whatever. Everyone always goes back to grade school, to middle school, to high school. It seems like what you really become at the tail end of your career, your life, is an extrapolation of what fundamentals were embedded in you. You know, this applies to life. A lot of people's um, perception about let's say love and relationships and trust between men and women or trusting people of other genders. And, you know, uh, it all comes down to the fundamentals that they were exposed to between, you know, the relationships of their childhood, you know, their, 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 their parents' marriage, um, you know, maybe how they were bullied as a child that has a lasting impact on the person, the man or woman that this person becomes. So I've had to go back to the fundamentals. Once you understand the fundamentals, then it's easy for you to build on top of that. It's easy for you to build on top of that. I've, I've read, as I said, that I, I, when I started to really dig through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, I started to see that a lot of self-help books out there, a lot of them were, you know, people writing a book, 
and you could summarize that book in three principles out of the book of Proverbs. But this book was a was like a New York Times bestseller. So it's okay. I'm not against such books in a sense that uh, it's okay for us to have someone extrapolate on the knowledge that they have picked up. But I, it was very interesting for me to say, wait, if this book can be extrapolated out of this principle and this book and this book and this book and that book and that book, why, why don't I really try to understand all the fundamentals that these books extrapolated from, from the book of fundamentals, which is the Bible. The Bible is the only book that is self-existing. Like it, it, it just explains itself, you know, like that still amazes me. It doesn't quote other books, other books quote it. The Bible only quotes itself. All these other books, even of other faiths, they quote the Bible. They can't quote themselves. Uh, the Bible, is standalone. So for me, anytime I pick up the Bible, one of the mindsets I have is that if I was locked with this book and I had no access to any other extra, uh, you know, biblical resources, can I find the answer? Can this thing be explained within this book, within the boundaries of this book? And it has been yes, yes, yes. Now, it also helps when you add more when you start to read some other extra biblical resources um you know like historical records that are not all captured in the bible and things like that you know these things are very helpful but that's the power of the book of fundamentals so the fundamentals the bible is the book of fundamentals life reasoning existence everything is right in there everything is right in the bible there isn't so many structures are still failing today and will continue to keep failing no matter um if we ascend to the highest heights of technology is that as Jesus said in the parable of one person who built his house on the rock and the other person who built his house on the sand. In fact, this is what it says, and this is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Jesus basically was teaching and was telling them to build their house on the rock, and he said, Verses 24, this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24. Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. 
we're seeing a lot of houses that have been falling 2020 really exposed the foundation, the fundamentals of a lot of industries. And they had no fundamentals. They had not been built on the rock governments, no matter what industry you want to point to every industry has been shaken up and that's going to continue to be the norm. That's going to be the theme. That's going to be the theme. So before I really dive into that whole aspect of things, I just want to add some more, you know, some more uh, contexts of how we are going to approach our discussions in 2023. It's, it's, it's just going to be, that's going to be our lens. That's, that's how we're going to look at uh, the, the subjects and topics we, we, we're going to present on this podcast. So, and the other thing that, I, that, is, that I should mention is that the Word of God is progressive revelation. The Word of God is the only book that you can read over and 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 over again. And you cannot exhaust the revelation. These depths and heights to the revelation that you see in the word of God. You see, you can pick up a book, you know, self a book or a business book on that is, you know, and you can exhaust all the principles of that book. Meaning that if you kept reading that book, maybe by the third time, you'll have exhausted all the principles at, you know, shared by that author in that book. But the word of God is infinite. It, it captures some of his infinite thoughts and imaginations. And everything that is said in the word of God has depths of revelation. You, these people who have been ministers of the gospel and they have read a scripture thousands, probably 5,000 times. And then read number 5001, they will see something that they did not see for the first 30 years, for the last, that they did not see in the last 30 years of reading that scripture. Because scripture has seals to it. You need the Holy Spirit to, to, to reveal the seals off of scriptures, to basically for the eyes of your understanding of your spirits to be opened. And you, you, you don't read scripture with your mind. You read scripture with your spirit. So a lot of people who don't believe in God, who, who just go into the Bible to just look at, to reason it from an intellectual standpoint, always fall face on, always fall flat on their faces. And they are always shocked. They always say things like, well, the Bible contradicts itself because just because you read one thing that says this and, and you don't really understand it, you might find what an, you might find another statement that looks like a contradiction, but it's because you don't have the understanding of that statement. That's what happens with the Bible. So you could read something 10 times after you've read it five times. Don't think that you've exhausted all the revelation in it. It just may be a key to unlock another door within scripture. 
So with this pretext, and basically what I'm trying to say is the word of God is progressive revelation. So I will be coming back on here sometimes to revisit some of the things I say, because I can only at a certain time say what the Lord has revealed to me. I can only speak my current revelation. And sometimes I'm conflicted because I might have prepared something to say, let's say on Monday morning, but I get a new download of revelation that same morning, you know? So I might have prepared that, okay, tomorrow I'm going to share this. And then I wake up that morning, maybe from doing some fellowship, you know, if when I'm doing fellowship with the Lord and communing with him and he reveals new things to me and some conflicts in them. And, and, and sometimes I also want, I want to put into practice first, the things that I, that I've received and test them out, but the word of God takes time, you know? So you might prepare to say something, you receive a new revelation. So you kind of need to meditate on it. You need to, you know, give it more thought because you receive a revelation, but you need to meditate on it so that you can kind of comfortably speak on it, you know, with surety and certainty. And sometimes you might need to apply that principle to your own life so that you can give a testimony that, yes, I applied that and that is working for me. So sometimes I, before I pass something along, I want to first put it into practice and test it. But the word of God takes time. This is one of the things that I've had to adjust to. It's, it's a challenge. You know, just because you receive a revelation on Monday and you plant that revelation in you on Monday, you need to meditate on it. It doesn't mean that by Wednesday of that week or even by Wednesday of the next week, that the seeds you sowed on Monday will have sprung up. You know, like there will already be fruit. So seeds that are sown into your heart take time. And sometimes, you know, by the mercy and grace of God, he can, you know, add some, you know, he can help those seeds to grow faster. And that's why we have to ask, you know, pray for mercy and grace and so that the seeds that we've sown in our life somehow that he can help us to supernaturally bear fruit in a short amount of time you know to 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 shorten that period uh that the seeds require to grow the word of god is it grows out of your heart that's the only place that the word of god can have effect in a man or woman's life is once you sow those seeds, they first change the heart because the scripture says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart of man. So when God wants to deal with you, when God wants to change something about your life, he deals with your heart first. So, even, and, and now we're talking about the fundamentals of everything. So you see, when God wants to, let's say if God wants to help you build a business, if he wants to change your finances, and before he 
you know, before he puts you in the block or in the green, but let's say before he puts you in the block, he first deals with your heart. That that's that's how God does business. And it's taken me a lot of time to really grasp this concept. Is you see, God created the universe. And God lives outside of eternity. So God can come in and out of our time as he pleases. You know, we read through scripture where God calls the tree to grow up in one night. You know, the, the tree above Jonah, God caused uh, the rod of Aaron to bud, to produce leaves and to bear almonds overnight so he has supernatural keys that can expedite processes that's god right jehovah elohim however when god deals with a man he he deals with the heart first that's that's the differentiator between why the the foundations of the world are broken because every industry that you look at one of the fundamental principles that people ignore is the heart of a man and i'm not talking like someone doing charity like 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 we know rich people wealthy people who do charity on the surface it looks like a good deed yes but only the Lord knows the heart of a man. Why is that person really, really, really donating money to charity? Is it for tax? You know, is it is, is it a, is it a way for tax evasion? Is it a way to manipulate? Is someone trying to get rich to really help the world, the earth, people around them, or? Are they doing it for like a selfish motive? You know, like maybe they want to have a hundred cars. You know, they want to, you know, just consume or be able to consume all the luxuries of life. So that's where we start to butt heads with God as Christians. And when a lot of people see that the God path to spiritual, material, physical, mental, marital, career success, the God path requires you to change your heart. That's how God does business. He's not, if he, if you can allow him to change your heart, you he can use you so when you sow seeds of anything from the word of god into you before you see change on the outside god doesn't do any it, it's taken me a couple years now you know to really grasp this and be like oh god processes are hard man they are hard because he deals with the heart and until that heart is repostured to a point 
of goodwill and and he removes the deep hidden um selfish desires in you the little like oh if i get rich or if i if i get my hand on this position i'm gonna get back at you man the moment because he'll dig deep god will go in god will go deep to the core and he'll scrape out that stuff and it hurts because those are the things that make you feel ashamed those are the things that you're like you're, you're, you're the fallen man that are embedded in the dna of the fallen man selfishness lust um all of these things um ungratefulness pride and all these things those are the things that god has to deal with so when you saw the seed of the word of god even when i receive a revelation or you receive a revelation it's you're not gonna see the fruit on wednesday just because you planted that thing that seed that revelation in your heart on monday because it has to it first works on the heart man and and God deals with that and, and he deals with that and he deals with that and he pulls out those weeds and he prunes you and he prunes you and he prunes you so that you can bear more fruit. So that when your fruit actually comes out, it is good fruit. Such that when you build a successful business, such that you're the kind of employer who's going to care about the deep issues of your employees. You're going to pay them good wages. You're going to give them good benefits. You're not going to try and break their backs so that you can, um, your business can only cater to the, to the, to the, to the, to the demands of shareholders. But understand that this business is built on the backs of real human beings. This is the staff. This is why no matter how much it no matter if we ascend to the highest highs of technology and innovation no matter if we do that all the things that people are thinking are just going to shoot us from into like the next dimension of existence and, and evolution and all of these things those it will always be like the house that was built on the rock. I mean, on the sand. Because when the winds of natural disasters, of famine, of disease, of sickness, of war, war, war stems from the evilness of man's heart. When these things start to beat, on these houses, they will fall and they will be a great fall. Because the foundations, these houses, these industries, these laws, these legislations were not built on the rock. The rock is the word of God. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And in fact, that's why scripture says, he says he is from everlasting. God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom because of its principles, because of how it works. It's the only kingdom that will exceed the time, the, 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 the timeline. 
of time. It's the only kingdom because of how it's structured. Its principles are eternal. Every kingdom, the Roman Empire, uh, the, 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 the Greek, the Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Egyptian Empire, the Ethiopian Empire, go all the way back to all of these superpowers that have existed. At the end of the day, all of them came down. Go back. You can apply this to every industry in, in innovation. The companies that existed 50 years ago, they're always going to be supplanted. All of if you analyze this, this proverb and you apply it to industry, to politics, to countries, it holds truth. Everything that is built on the on sand does not last. It cannot withstand the test of time, even companies. That's why the, the, the companies that dominate the Intels that dominated the 90s or whatever, they're not dominating right now. Because new, because the times test the house. And if the house was not built on fundamental principles, it will always fall because there's always going to be forces against everything. There's forces against your health. There's forces against your finances. There's forces against your marriage. There's forces against your purity. There's forces against your mental health. There's forces against everything in life. There's only one existence where we will no longer have forces against us. We live in a fallen world. Genesis. But in Revelation, it talks about when a time will come when these forces will no longer have effect on us. The forces of resistance of life. They'll no longer be, they'll no longer have say in our existence. But for as long as you live on this planet, for as long as you're part of this existence, this modern day and time, if you're not building on the rock, your house is going to fall. Your house is going to fall. So it doesn't matter whoever you see in the news that people are hailing as a rock star, as a genius. The bottom line is, if whatever this person is doing, if one of the keys of the fundamentals of what we call the rock is not associated with God's principles, he, they, he or she, and whatever they're doing right now may, may cause a shift in the times we live in right now, but it won't stand the test of time. Meaning it might be a solution for the next five, 10 years, even 20 years. But when you put it on, this, on, 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 a, on the scale of everlasting, it will not. You know, they always talk about how companies normally have like a life cycle, of, uh, a lifespan of 20 years. And at the point, innovation runs out innovation in itself is a core fundamental principle of every company the heart of every company is innovation so if a company stops innovating 
yes, it might take 10 years for it to die, but there's a day that will come where the, where you will see that death manifest, where that company will have to close shop, file for bankruptcy, and you'll be like, what? The fall off the cliff will, will happen so fast and in one moment, but the death did not start on that day. The day the death started, the day when the company stopped innovating. That's why these big companies are always trying to buy up small companies to keep the heartbeat of innovation in them. It's just life. The people who started the innovation 20 years ago, money comes in, you know, their, 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 their life passions change. You know, they're not as eager to innovate anymore. You know, they just want to enjoy life. You know, different things have their attention. You know, some of them enter philanthropy, some of them start doing charities. Uh, the, the reason basically dies out in them. That fire dies out in them. You know, it's, you always hear even in sports how they always say that it's hard to, uh, that's why teams that have been able to uh, repeat are few, let alone teams which have been able to three-peat, which means to win three times in a row, back to back to back. It's hard alone to win once. It is super hard to win back to back. It's extremely hard, not impossible because teams have done it, so I can't use the phrase impossible, but it's extremely hard to do it three times in a row because everybody, ha you have to duplicate that formula. Everybody has to be on the same page. Uh, the wings have to be behind your back. And so it, it can be a challenge. So the heartbeat of, of companies and, and all the big companies we see today, the products, whose products we use, is innovation. And if they stop innovating, they will die. And so the Bible, the book of fundamentals that's how we're going to up, uh, 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 approach that's going to be our lens of our approach this year it's going to be more of this how can we approach life and godliness through the lens of the word of god how can we solve our problems through the book of fundamentals that's what the bible is it's the book of fundamentals on everything before life, during life, and after life. So, so on this subject about when you saw the word of God, that what I was trying to say is that it first attacks the heart. So I may have received a revelation on Monday. I plant it on Monday. But if my heart posture is not right, the fruit will not grow out of me until that word first changes my heart and then you can see rapid growth on the outside and scripture this is basically what it says in the parable of the sower you know it says the sower went out to sow seed then another place says the seed is the word of god and it says uh the 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 when you sow the word of god you sow it into your heart it's not in your mind it's not in your mind it has to be sown into your heart and then after that, it says, when it's growing, it says it forms fast the blade, then the ear, and the full corn in the ear. So these three stages of growth. The full corn in the ear is the fruit. 
but it has to first form that blend. And mind you, it has to first grow root. It has to first take root. And then you see above the surface, you're going to see the blood, the ear, and the full corner of the ear. So one of my conflicts has been receiving downloads from the Lord Jesus. And, and since I'm also, you know, I'm applying these things rapidly at a rapid rate in my life and trying to implement them in my life on the go, I tend to hold back on, on what the Lord wants me to communicate. But then he tells me, he's like, listen, you've already applied it in your life. It's not going to you know, happen immediately. This is the honest truth, right? This is what I'm just being real. It's not going to happen immediately. But just because you've sold it in your heart, don't be scared. Don't be afraid to communicate this truth to someone else because someone else might be able to implement it in their life faster than you because maybe they are willing to change their heart posture in the right way faster than you are. You know, let's say two people go through uh, a betrayal. You know, it might take me six months to get over the betrayal. Whereas it might take you one month. So if both you and I plant this revelation in our hearts, you will see fruit manifest faster in your life because your heart posture, the time it took you to reposture your heart, in a way that God can now work with you or cause you to bear fruit is you only took one month of obedience, of reposturing your heart and renewing your mind. Whereas for me, it might take me six months. So I may not see fruit until after six months, whereas you might see fruit after one month. It's very possible. It's all about the heart. Once, once the heart is repostured, fruit starts to come. So... The Lord's just been reassuring me on that is that is that right now, just look at yourself as a mouthpiece, as a messenger. You know, because of how I'm, I'm approaching the word of God and, and the diligence of my plan of it, saying, I can trust you to communicate some of these revelations. And also because how I'm going to process them because of some of my other backgrounds, you know, in, in, in you know, you know, science, business, engineering and, and all these things. So. He just needs my mouth to pass along some things that are super critical in the times we live in. So in the in in this in the light of this honesty, I I I said, okay, once I resolved this and I said, okay, you know, do you still have things you want to say to me? You want to say through me? He said, Yeah. Look at yourself as a mouthpiece, as a messenger. And he just needs my mouth to pass along some things that, are, as I said, are super critical in the times we live in. So once again, in the light of this honesty and transparency, I asked the Lord, I said, okay, you know, it's a new year. What should we expect? How should your people approach this year? What are some things to watch out for? What are some things to be concerned about? You know? We want to win in every aspect of life this year. It's my desire for you to win. It's my desire for you to grow spiritually. Uh, it's my desire for you to grow spirit, soul, and body. You know? And and there's a scripture in 3 John that summarizes all of this beautifully. It says, uh, uh, St. John says, he's writing a letter to 
one to an elder in a certain church and, and he says beloved this is in third john chapter two uh third john verse two because there's only one chapter in the book of third john so third john verse two and he says beloved I pray above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's what I desire for you. Is that above all things in 2023, you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, again, here's another really cool insight or revelation. It ties prospering, let's say from a physical standpoint, prosperity of, 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 let's say, the work of your hands and your health and your marriage and your business and your relationships, it ties every other prosperity aspect, every other category of prosperity to one aspect. Basically, if you fix this, you'll prosper in every other way. It says, even as thy soul prospers. So the prosperity of your health this year, the prosperity of, of, of the work that you're doing, your relationships, your marriage, everything that you, you will be involved in this year will prosper even as thy soul prospers. So, Our desire, well, I'll assume that your desire this year is to win in every aspect of life. You know, you want to make strides. You want to make strides in every aspect of life. And this time I was, and still I am very aggressive with seeking winning strategies from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the fundamental of the Bible. Basically, the whole Bible is about Jesus Christ, the Savior. So I've been at his feet asking for some insight. Asking for some insight, as much insight as I can receive from him to communicate, not just to me, but to get across to you. Because one of the things that crushes my heart is... When we get to the end of the year, and most people are just about done with it. When you talk to people and they can't wait for the year to end because they believe that if the calendar debt changes, their problems will be wiped away. You know, that's, that's like going to bed with a $10,000 debt and waking up thinking it will be gone by the time you wake up in the morning. The truth is, if you didn't put any solution strategies in motion before you went to bed, if you didn't put any strategies in motion before you went to bed, it's most likely you will wake up with that $10,000 debt still staring at you in the face. Now, there is something to be said about new seasons, new beginnings. I, I believe there is power in that. 
And we have to harness the power of a new year. It has a lot of spiritual resurgence. There's a, there's a lot of spiritual resurgence. There's a lot of mental resurgence. There's a lot of physical resurgence when the calendar year changes. There's power in that. There's power in that. And it's true. The going to bed and waking up can be all that you need to wake up with a new idea, with a solution that wipes away that $10,000 debt you went to bed with last night. It's like sometimes, um, you know, in the world of software, they tell you that you can stare at your computer for four hours and you won't be able to see the misplaced comma in your code. And then you go out, you take a walk for 30 minutes and you come back and you see something that your eyes just skipped past the last four hours. You're pulling your hairs out of your head. You're frustrated. You're just, just about to smash your screen. And all you needed was to breathe in some fresh air. So yes, it's very possible that all you needed to do was go to bed and wake up. And the moment you wake up, light bulb will turn on and be like, this is what I need to do. And that solution wipes away the $10,000 debt you went to bed with last night. So there is power in change of calendar. However, we also know that people often, all of us, this has happened to all of us, that where people often set New Year resolutions and by February, uh, February or early March, you know, people are back, you know, you're back to your old self. You know, you've stopped following through. And by August, you are knee deep in frustration. And by November, you're already counting down to the next year. You're saying things like, I can't wait for this year to end. I, that crushes me. You know, I've had that happen to me in the past and I don't want that to be a phrase. I never want that phrase to come out of my mouth, you know? So where you just can't wait for the year to end because the year has beat you down. The year is running you out. And this cycle repeats itself. And there are a lot of Christians who deal with this, who, who, who are like this. You know, every year we say, this is, this is it. This is the year. And by December, we're saying, maybe the Lord had other plans. So we're looking for a consolidation, a consolation of why things didn't happen. Say, so maybe the Lord had other plans. Well, my question then becomes this year, I'm trying to change my strategy. I'm trying to change my approach. I'm saying, why don't we spend the first month downloading strategy and insight from the Lord? We've got 12 months in a year. If we put in an investment of 10%, and I'm, I'm using a tithing principle here where it says give 10%, give your first, you know, 10% of your of your fruit to the Lord. So if the Lord's gonna bless you with, with 12 months of life this year, you know, if if we dedicate the first 10% to him, that would be, you know, about one month and roughly six days, you know, of just being at his feet and downloading strategy and intel. Then you would know where the wind, then you'll know where his wind is going to be blowing. And you just have to position your bot in that direction. 
that's that's how I'm thinking that we should approach this. What do you think? Don't you think it's wise that we apply this 10% tithing principle, which is, you know, not just tithe. You, you have to extrapolate the tithing principle not only to finances and giving, but to things like time. You know, the Lord's going to bless you with 12 years, 12 months of life. So I think it's wise that we spend the, you know, about a month and six days of downloading strategy and intel. Therefore, until about end of January, you know, or first week of Feb, you know, you you should be, you know, if, if you already got your strategy in only the first week, oh man, there could be a lot that you're leaving on the plate. No, just stay there. Let's go into this grueling process of first seeking directions and answer, uh, direction, 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 direction. So about a month and six days of just downloading strategy, man. Just pure strategy. Pure strategy. And even if you feel like you've, you've heard it all, trust me, the scripture says the Lord's thoughts are infinite. So there's no way you can exhaust his strategy for your year in the first week. I mean, you could seek him for 12 months. You could take a full year off just to seek strategy from him and you still wouldn't exhaust his strategies and downloads from him. There's a scripture I'm trying to find here. I like how it says. It talks about, and if you had listened to me, then your peace would have been flown like a river. Uh, it's in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Oh, where is that? Where is that? Where is that? Just bear with me here. Sometimes I get downloads, you know, some scriptures come to my mind. Right on the right. Yeah, right on the fly. This is very powerful. This is very powerful and beautiful. This is out of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 48 verses 16 to 22. Let me read this. It talks about God calls his people to listen. Wow. Let's see what he has to say. This is Isaiah chapter 48 verses 16 to 22. This is what he says. He says, God calls his people to listen, right? Um, man, this is, this is very beautiful. This is very beautiful. Anyways, this is what he says. He says, come near to me. Hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time it was, I was there. And now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit. 
who leads you by the way you should go. Then this is the part that gets me. It says, oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Wow. 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 He's talking about instructions. We're talking about downloading strategy. And this is exactly what he's saying. Since that says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, and the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. So you got a business that you want to profit this year, you know who you know who to go to. Let the Lord teach you the fundamentals that you need to know about that business. It says, I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Who leads you by the way you should go? All that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. So downloading strategy. All of us should do that. All of us should do that. Now, I did start already inquiring about some strategies for 2023, you know, around December of last year. So I'm, I've kind of still been... So it was not like when January 1st came around is when it was my first rodeo to, you know, be at the feet of the Lord and seek strategy. I'd already started inquiring. I'd, I'd, I had already started inquiring and saying, what's the strategy? You know, I'm still getting strategy for my, for, for my own life and direction for this year. But now I was asking him, is there something you want to say to us, you know, that you want me to pass along? as your mouthpiece. What do you have what do you have to say to me? What what do you want to capture? What do you want me to say? So, we know that every year there're going to be some good, great and not so good things that will happen. There're going to be some shockers and uglies. Every year has its storms. So my angle for these next couple of episodes is going to be what should we expect in 2023? How can we be better prepared? How can we be equipped? How can we not get blindsided? How can we not get caught off guard by the events that will unfold in 2023? And as a Christian, especially, the three calendars you need to be consolidating right now, as, as you're leaving, as you are on this planet, the three timelines you should be keeping track of, you should be consolidating. You know, heaven's calendar. I, I like to call this heaven's agenda for the season because heaven's calendar governs all calendars. The kingdom of heaven rules over all the kingdoms of the, of the earth. So at the end of the day, find authority and the destination of life 
is governed by what heaven has said is going to happen. Basically, the prophetic declarations of the Bible. That's heaven's calendar, heaven's agenda. So you need to know where, where are we on heaven's calendar. And that impacts you because if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. The scripture says you are a citizen of heaven. You're not a citizen of Canada. You're not a citizen of Nigeria. You're not a citizen of Uganda. You're not a citizen of the United States. You're not a citizen of Spain. You're not a citizen of Brazil. That is, that is from an earthly point of view. But I want you to step up. I want you to come higher up. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways above yours. So as a believer, as a Christian believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, once you make the Lord your, your, your Savior, you change jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. You change from being a citizen of the earth into being a citizen of heaven. So you are now operating on earth as a representative of heaven, as an ambassador of heaven on the earth. You're no longer an, a, a, a citizen of earth. No, your citizenship has changed. Just like you can change your citizenship, let's say you migrate from one country to another, and you become a citizen of that country. That's the same way. Once you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and he becomes your Lord and Savior, how you live life now changes. The government behind who's, under whose rules you operate changes. You're operating under the government of God, under the government of the Lord Jesus. You're no longer operating under the governments of the earth. No. You use the authority given to you by the government of the kingdom of heaven to influence the governments of the earth. That's why it says under, in, in, in Isaiah, when he's talking about the prophecy of Jesus Christ coming, he says, and the governments shall be upon his shoulder. And of his government, there shall be no end. So we are all employed by his government, the government of our Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven right? He's the king of kings. So that becomes our new life mandate is, okay, now you get your ambassador, you become a citizen. So you now get your instructions from heaven. And you're supposed to bring the rule, you're supposed to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. When Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, thy kingdom come. Meaning, let your kingdom come down from heaven, your kingdom of righteousness, of justice, of mercy, of, of peace, of love, joy, and all of these beautiful things about the kingdom of heaven. Thy kingdom come. Let that kingdom come from heaven onto the earth. So, who are the people that are going to administer the king of kingdom of heaven lifestyles on the earth? It is us who say, I now make the Lord Jesus Christ my personal savior. So then you get a new passport. You get a new citizenship card. So this earth's calendar, which is supposed to change. So you suppose, so heaven's calendar is basically the kingdom of heaven. Earth's calendar, this is the second calendar, is 
the kingdoms of the world. You know, the agendas of the earth that are not righteous, that are not fair, that are not joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. But then there's a third calendar is your, your life's mission, your, your destiny calendar. So basically the assignment that you've received from the kingdom of heaven to implement in the kingdoms of the world and turn them into the kingdoms of heaven, there's that other timeline in your own. So, so you have your destiny calendar. That's calendar number three. So as I'm saying, as a Christian, especially, it's very critical to understand how these three calendars are feeding off of each other. You need to be consolidating all these three. What is heaven's agenda? Meaning what's the big picture of heaven? What is heaven's agenda for this 2023? So that affects your destiny calendar. And then you compare that with what is happening in earth right now. Right? Earth's calendar. So it's three calendars that you always need to be consolidating. So this is going to be the lens that we're going to approach uh, the first several episodes of, of 2023 on, on this podcast is we're going to be looking at scripture and saying, how can we look at some of the insights, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven? What, what are we, what is heaven's agenda telling us? Let us compare it with where earth's transition or earth's current calendar stands. And now once you consolidate those two, uh, where does your destiny calendar fit in between those? Because you are in between heaven's agenda and earth's agenda. You're in between there. So that's what we are going to go after. So I just wanted this first episode of uh, 2023 to lay out the approach we're going to take to thank everybody that has that tuned in last year um to give some more you know like give you some more precursors some more you know context on 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 how i will be speaking as a mouthpiece the approach i will be using and yeah just give you some heads up of what to expect and i'm excited i'm excited so in the next episode, I will start to dive into uh, part two of this, basically 2023 through the lens of the Bible, what to expect, how to better be prepared. And perhaps you can take some of those principles that the Lord has brought to my attention and you can apply them in your own life and off you go. And off you go. This was Unplugged. We hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Sela.